The Hornets add some big man depth as they get ready for post all-star break. Then we welcome Kai Carlin of the Philadelphia 76ers beat to talk about Elton Brand as potential general manager all today on Locked on Hornets. You are Locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast, and that includes YouTube. There's Doug Branson. You can find his work on his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. And I'm Walker Mail. You can listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. via Wes and Walker. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. You can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We'll talk about Elton Brand a little bit later. Doug had a conversation with Kai Carlin on the 76ers beat works for USA Today. We had the interview with Evan Damarell of Locked On Cavs about Mike Gansey. So we're trying to keep you up to date on all the potential candidates who could be that next shot caller for the Charlotte Hornets. Elton Brand could be that guy. So we'll give you the lowdown. Doug is smiling though. And so as we often do, we have to go to Doug before we really dig into the content and ask what is on Doug's brain that is making him laugh and or smile before the start of the show uh you just said shot caller which made me think baller shot caller that's mm-hmm. what i was smiling about it, it's a great it's a great phrase i'm not a baller i'm a shot caller uh, it's it's such a good phrase and we'll see who that guy is going to be of the hornets whoever the shot caller is right now i i guess is this mitch Kupchak's real parting gift to us doug because if mitch Kupchak is still technically the general manager before they hire whoever's going to be that guy permanently, then I guess the last move isn't going to be trading for these first round picks. It's going to be signing Marcus Bolton to a 10 day. No, all you had to do was just chill. And that was going to be your everlasting last move. But now they added some big man depth. Charlotte Hornets earlier this morning, they signed Marcus Bolden, former Duke blue devil, by the way, to a 10 day contract to add some depth to the center position. Don't know what this means for Nathan Mensa. Don't, don't know really what this means for any of those guys that are behind Nick Richards and Mark Williams, of course, if he comes back. What do you have to say about Marcus Bolden now being the latest acquisition? Uh, just another in a long line of Dukies who are being connected to mm-hmm. the Charlotte Hornet. I think, you know, if I'm putting my tinfoil hat on, there might be a shadow Langdon government that is uh, pulling pulling the strings, calling the shots in Charlotte, bringing all these Dukies on board, Marcus Bolden, uh, just another one. But look, I like this move. I I would like it more than going after Nerlens, where you're going to have to commit a little bit more money. This is a 10-day. This is a tryout. This is a guy that got waived by Milwaukee, which is a good team that has plenty of depth at that position. They don't need the services of Bolden. This is a chance for you to go rough hunting for some diamonds and Marquez Bolden could be one of the, uh, those diamonds because guess what? Guess what Marcus Bolden can do, Walker, that no other Charlotte Hornet big currently employed can do? Guess what he, he can, can do? He can rebound. Well, he can do that too, but guess what else he can do? <laughs> I thought it was That's so sure. That's what I was thinking. I was so sure that was going to be right. What can he do? I don't even know if he can rebound, honestly. He can shoot. He can shoot the ball. He can shoot a three-point shot. I saw him do it in the preseason against uh, Chicago. Uh, He's done it 
in stops in Cleveland and with this uh, Wisconsin Herd G League team. He doesn't put a ton up, but you wouldn't expect uh, a guy his size to put a ton up. But when he does, he's somewhat efficient at knocking down three-point shots. So if he does get some time on this 10-day contract, it will be exciting. It will be revelatory to see a center that can actually put up an outside shot. And I hope he's not afraid to. The reason I said I think he can rebound is because right now, or at least at the end of the six-game winning streak that he had for the G League's Wisconsin Herd, he was averaging 17 points, 13.8 rebounds, and 1.7 blocks over a a six-game winning streak. And so I was like, okay, that's maybe a little harsh for Nick Richards, but he's more of the offensive rebounder. Same thing with Mark Williams when he comes back. That's right. Maybe Bolton can help them shoot a little bit. You know, the Nathan Mensa experiment, I, I hate it because it just it wasn't anything that was his fault. He was never supposed to have this type of responsibility whatsoever. Whatsoever. In fact, honestly, I mean, you might not even want him getting those types of minutes in the G league, you know, and that's, that's not anything to his fault, right? The Charlotte Hornets were in a bad way when Mark Williams went down and we could not get him healthy whatsoever. Still we're a couple weeks out before Mitch Kupchak told you that he might return and Nick Richards has been a guy that's actually been in and out a little bit more. They never signed anybody this offseason to help them at the big man position. And so Nathan Mensa gets thrust in there and started playing 20 minutes a game. There were some games where I thought he showed some nice effort, but it's really tough to compete at that level. And so here they bring in Marcus Bolden, who is contributing quite a bit to the Wisconsin herd before he comes over to the Charlotte Hornets. And so Mensa probably going to the G league and then we'll see what else they decide to do with that center position. But you're right, Doug, you know, they, they are trying to, uh, especially with the new Orleans Noel conversation that we had where they were maybe going to trade for him. They, they wanted some big man depth pretty badly. And I guess we'll see if they have it here, only a 10 day contract. So who knows what happens? Yeah, effort was never a question with uh, Mensa, and and I thought he gave good effort every time he stepped on the floor, and I thought he made some improvements uh, during that time. But he he's not an NBA level center. I mean, that's just that's just the fact of the matter. And so it's nice to see that the Hornets got a little bit of a taste of victory, and now uh, the one thing that they didn't address over the trade deadline was this uh, depth. They they addressed the point guard depth. They addressed some wing defense a little bit. And now they've gone and they're they're at least attempting here with this Bolden signing to address the other issues. I'm telling you, Walker, they're going to make a run at this play-in thing. We talked about it a few episodes ago. The, the <laughs> math is not totally out of their favor yet. I think they are they are sniffing something, maybe glue, maybe blood in the water. I don't know what you're, they're sniffing. You're sniffing glue. That's what you're doing. <laughs> you I'm crazy. Elmer's, I'm a sicko. Buddy. Fruit salad, yummy, yummy. You are. You're the one that's sniffing the Elmers. Just put it on down, buddy. Twist that thing up and put it away. But we should talk about what this means, you know, in terms of Mark Williams. Still out. Not a ton of word other than, like, we're not going to know for what. I think uh, Mitch Kupchak said four weeks. Uh, an update on Mark Williams. This back injury, it looks like it's going to be a while before we see him. And this is just another sign. And, in, in, you know, if you're reading tea leaves here, Bolden is a big old tea leaf that says, don't expect Mark Williams anytime soon. Well, the the thing that does comfort me a little bit is the fact that this is a 10 day. I, I think yeah, it would be yeah. more of an indictment if you traded for Nerlens Noel to have him just True. as a insurance policy for the rest of the season. And so you can do whatever you want. Like you can just let this contract roll on out and say, Hey, thanks, Marcus. We appreciate the time. Mark Williams is expected to be back. And so if we follow the Mitch Kupchak timeline, once he spoke to media after the trade deadline, he told us that 
we're probably expecting him back anywhere around four weeks. It's been two weeks since that press conference. So in two weeks, if Mark Williams isn't ramping up, then we can start to worry a little bit more. But we'll see. I mean, again, as I've mentioned a million times, we never get good news. I just hope within the next two weeks we get good news about Mark Williams. And you and I were discussing pre-show whether we should do a segment, and maybe we will tomorrow or something, about how much of what we saw over those past three games is fake or a mirage and how much of it is real. I would say that them going out and exploring 10-day contracts for, for a Bolden tells me that the franchise at least feels like what they saw over those three games is very, very real very sustainable and worth continuing to invest in because I think this was their final roster spot and the Hornets are not, they have not as a franchise always been willing, especially in a season where you've only won 13 games and you've lost, you know, 40 plus now, like it's, that's not typically uh, a time when they invest in the final roster spot. So obviously they see something here or they're sniffing something here. <laughs> Final thing about Marcus Bolden, I didn't realize I had this take until I started watching him a little bit more too, but like Marcus Bolden, kudos to him for undergoing a pretty decent sized body transformation. If you'll remember him at Duke, he's a big dude, beefy dude. And Marcus was kind of thought as this underwhelming player after being a high quality prospect going to the Blue Devils program. And now you watch him be a little bit of a shooter, as you mentioned you know, be athletic enough to go after 14 rebounds, which a lot of time coaches will tell you rebounding is want to it's getting position it's fighting and it's want to hitting first. And here he is grabbing 14, 17 points. Like honestly, this is a success story just within itself, having watched where he came from. And so that that's, that's an uplifting story to see him. And, and hopefully just for his own sake, he can find a way to stick with this roster who does need some big man depth or, go somewhere else and thrive or just be even a role player and get a contract that is longer than 10 day. But like, it it is cool to see this guy. If you're an ACC fan to watch him transform into a player, that's actually pretty useful right now. And NBA teams are taking a chance on him. Like he was at Duke a few years ago. This has been a long fight for him. So cool for him. Totally. And a big thing for him. And it's been this way since he came out of Duke is feel for the game, knowing where to be and and when to move and when not to move and what to do. Like all of those things that are instinctual didn't come to him naturally. He's had to develop those over time. And so the big question will be how much of that for him has developed. I think fortunately for him, he's coming on to a Hornets team that is fundamentally different when it comes to playmaking when it comes to moving the basketball so at least offensively you know it won't I mean that's part of the reason why I feel bad for Mensa is that he was on a disaster of a team it's not even like he could hide a little bit some of his deficiencies because no Lamelo, no playmaking ball wasn't moving defense was a disaster top to bottom not much room for him to succeed there's going to be room for Bolden if if he's willing, and this will be an opportunity for him, by the way, just like it was an opportunity for Trey Mann, just like it was, this is an opportunity for Michich, and you see what those guys have done with the opportunity. I think Bolden's going to feel the same way. He was buried in Milwaukee. Now he gets an opportunity to showcase himself. That guy's going to come out with a fire under his bleep. Yeah, yeah, like big, big rebounding shooters, you know, like Brooke Lopez, exactly what you have there. Bobby Portis can shoot. I like it. I like it. We'll see what happens. I talked myself into a 10 day. Let's go now sniffing. I'm sniffing the glue. We're sniffing the glue, baby. <laughs> don't salad, sniff yummy, glue. Yummy. Then we should, little, uh, disclaimer, don't, don't do uh, that. Yeah. yeah, don't do what we did. Don't do that. 
Don't. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We sniff more. No, I'm playing. Don't do that. The joke's over. The joke's over. We're going to move on from it. Uh, Doug had a conversation with Kai Carlin of USA Today covering the Philadelphia 76ers to discuss what Elton Brand might be like as the Charlotte Hornets GM. Is there even a chance that he leaves Philadelphia? Is the criticism fair? Because this was the guy we liked the least to be in charge of the Hornets roster. So Kai Carlin, we'll give you all of that with Doug in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. That's it. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and then you can watch the winnings roll in. It's also demon time on Prize Picks. That sounds exciting. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons, goblins, it's the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA. Use code NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash NBA. Use code NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. More Locked On Hornets ahead. Back here on the Locked On Hornets podcast, and we're continuing to talk about the search for a new general manager, possibly a new executive vice president of basketball operations for the Charlotte Hornets. Yesterday, we talked to Evan Damarell of the Locked On Cavaliers podcast about the possibility of bringing on Mike Ganzi uh, in one of those roles. And now we turn our attention uh, to a name that you might find interesting in Elton Brand of the Philadelphia 76ers. Interesting because it seems like maybe he's already taken his name out of the hat, but we still wanted to learn a little bit about a name that has been floated for that job. So we turn now to Kai Carlin of Sixers Wire USA Today and a former host of the Locked On Sixers podcast. So a family member here, Kai. Thanks for joining us. What's going on, Doug? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about Elton Brand. And first, I, I want before we get into kind of his background and, you know, sort of the, the vibe towards him in Philadelphia, the vibe towards him in Charlotte, I, I want to ask why you think that Elton Brand seemingly has taken his name out of the hat in this conversation before we talk about maybe him putting his name back in the hat. See, that kind of surprised me initially when um... – uh, the, the reports came out that he took his name out of the hat just for the fact that it kind of seemed like a really big opportunity for Elton to take over his own team, kind of similarly to the way uh, he was running the Sixers in, you know, when he initially took the job until the team hired Daryl Morey. And then once Morey was hired, Morey obviously, uh, and, and with Morey and Brand, it's a collaborative effort in, mm-hmm. here in Philly, but obviously Daryl does seem to have the final say on like a lot of these basketball-related decisions. It's not Elton anymore. So it kind of was a little surprising that Elton um, pulled his name out of the hat. But another reason that maybe he did pull his name out of the hat was because there's familiarity in Philadelphia. He's already kind of settled here. He may not want to move. You know, like there there are, like, different factors, like not even just outside of basketball, that, like, maybe Elton, like, decided, you know what, like it's really not worth it for me to kind of uproot everything and, and, and go to Charlotte, you know, like there are a lot of different reasons for it, but 
I think you just kind of, you and I talked about it a little bit before. This doesn't mean that like maybe he changes his mind down the road or, or something. And all of a sudden, like he's the new GM slash president of basketball operations for the Charlotte Hornets. No, that there's always that possibility. Uh, no doubt. Moving stinks. Okay. I mean, you, you got to find a reputable moving company. That's always difficult. They're going to break something. Like, you don't know what it is, but they are going to, even the best, and I, this is not even me like maligning moving companies. They are just going to naturally, when they take your stuff that they don't care about, really, and they are going to break something. And so you've got to deal with that. You got to find boxes. It's a whole thing. So I totally understand if he doesn't want to move. Um, but I want to go to a natural question off of what you just said, because the Sixers hire Daryl Morey. It seems like he has the final say. Elton Brand used to be that guy. It's kind of a unique situation where they hire someone to take your job, but they don't fire you. So take us <laughs> kind of through that history. Why did it, why was Elton Brand the man? And then all of a sudden he became the, the man behind the man or the man under the man. I think, you know, when you look at what Elton did when he was making those final basketball decisions, he made big moves. Like, you know, he orchestrated the Jimmy Butler deal. Um, he then orchestrated the Tobias Harris deal. Um, and, and you know, that was the year the Sixers, they were one Kawhi Leonard bounce away from getting, probably getting to the Eastern Conference Finals and then the Finals, you know what I mean? So that, that, like, that was probably their best year out of this run that they've had with Joel Embiid. And then uh, I think what did him in was the was the following offseason, giving Tobias Harris the, uh, the, the max contract, and then bringing in Al Horford, and, and you know losing Butler to you know for Josh Richardson signing and trade with Miami. So I think the, like, those moves look good on paper, but then obviously that was such a disaster of a season. Uh, they were the number six seed going into the playoffs, and the bubble got swept. And then once Daryl Morey became available. It just kind of it, it made sense to just bring Daryl in, and and really ever ever since Daryl has been here, uh, Sixers were the number one seed. Um, they were then the four seed, and they were then last year, I believe they were the three seed. So it's one of those things where just like they, as it was just once Daryl became available and the history he has, it just it, it made sense to bring him in. Well, and take us through that that off season that you talk about that that people have. Well, I don't know. I'll ask you, do you think that that offseason was fairly or unfairly maligned? Because, I mean, just looking at when the news broke that Elton's name was in the hat before he took it out of the hat, uh, you you could scroll along the Twitter timeline and it seemed like a lot of people in Philadelphia would offer him a ride to the airport. Like it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's a lot of love in the city of brotherly love for Elton Brand. Do you think that that offseason was fairly or unfairly maligned? Well, good thing for everybody. Philadelphia sports fans are, they're, they're just naturally, you know, they, they understand. There's under, they're just a group of understanding people, but they're, they're very rational. Um, I don't know. The 2019 offseason was really tough just because Butler, you know, once he left for Miami, you had no choice but to also resign Tobias Harris because you couldn't lose both, right? Like if you look back at that trade deadline um, and you give up, what you gave up to the Clippers to get Tobias, you, you couldn't let him walk. And Tobias has, Tobias has been a really good player. You know, just un, unfortunately he's being paid like a superstar and a superstar he is not, but he's a really, really good player. So people were upset over that. Uh, and then you brought in Al Horford, um, who on paper and in theory 
it, it sounded like a really good addition, but that didn't work. Um, so a lot of people were just upset, mainly because of the Horford edition and uh, the Tobias contract. So uh, I, I think it's a little unfair to ju- to give him to, you know, kind of judge him so harshly, like, like on these types of moves. But unfortunately, when you look at what happened in the 2019-20 season, it, it just it was such a disaster uh, here in Philly that 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 offseason is going to be the one that's going to get red underlined, red circled. And, and unfortunately, yeah. that that's falls under Elton Brand's hand, you know? Right. And it kind of gets locked in, right? Because they don't allow him an opportunity to unwind, you know, some of those bad decisions or course correct. He didn't really even get an opportunity to course correct all that much because, as you said, Maury became available and they wanted to to strike and, and get that opportunity while it was there. So it sort of kind of locks in all of that. But he does stay with the organization. And that's what I'm probably most curious about is that his decision to stay with the organization and the organization's decision, despite hiring Maury, to keep him in the front office. And and that sort of leads me to like relationships because so much of general management or front office is about building relationships within the team, but also building relationships outside of the team and, and making sure you have good connections across the league when you're trying to make these deals, whether it's agents or, or executives with other teams. You've got to have good relationships. People have to like you. I think it was a problem under the Rich Cho era is that he wasn't much of a people person in Charlotte. And so it, it hurt his relationship with the team and it hurt his ability to go out there and make deals happen. So talk to me about that. How was he able to kind of, despite them hiring Maury, he hangs around. What's his relationship like? Uh, it in in sort of the team dynamic and then across the league as far as i know elton is very well liked by the players you know as, as far as i know um so e- even to that point like if, if charlotte if charlotte were to bring elton in and he changes his mind on 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 everything about the position that he would have a great relationship with the players in charlotte i think it's because elton was a former player El- elton played in the league for so long he had and despite all the injuries he, that he unfortunately had to battle through, he was a he was an all, a multiple time All Star, did a lot of really good things with the Clippers. So that relays into now this new transitional role that he's in, that that helps with the relationships with these players. And I think I think that like that's part of the reason why he's still in Philly, because he's able to talk to these guys like you know maybe in a way that Daryl isn't able to. So I think that's why Elton is still around here. Great. That's uh, Kai Carlin. You can check out his work on Sixers Wire uh, for uh, USA Today. Kai, thank you so much for joining us and uh, sharing that insight into brand. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. I appreciate it a lot. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Good stuff from Kai Carlin. We can talk a little bit more about how we would feel if Elton Brand was the next general manager. And then we'll get to ticket prices going up. I know we're excited about the Charlotte Hornets, but now it feels like the Hornets themselves are getting a little too excited. We'll get to that in just a moment. Last segment of Lockdown Hornets. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity 
to get something off of our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. And so today I want to tell you to have that opportunity. If you need that opportunity, you can go to BetterHelp and you can say how you really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing this week over and over again. That's where BetterHelp can help you. Therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports team, and it's important to get things off of your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. You can visit BetterHelp.com slash NBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash NBA. More Locked On Hornets ahead. Before we get to ticket prices, Doug did want to recap a little of what Kai had to say about Elton Brand. Did he ease some of your concerns? If you were to just take the word of one Kai Carlin on how Elton Brand would do as the decision maker, did he ease any of those concerns? What was noteworthy to you from that interview? I think somewhat. I, I've always, I've always found it interesting that Elton Brand kept the job, and this is a relationship business. And so, you, you know, I think the worst thing that you can do is hire a general manager who can't form great relationships within your organization or, or outside of the NBA because it's all going to blow up eventually. Like you could be the, uh, you know, best capologist in the world and you could even be the best scout in the world and no player talent. But if nobody likes you, then you're not going to succeed in this business. And so the fact that Elton Brand is liked, you can scoff at that if you want, but that is that is something – and I think he wasn't ever fully given the opportunity in Philadelphia to figure out those one or two bad decisions that he made with the Harris and the Horford contract. And so we just don't there – there is a big unknown sitting there of like what would have happened had they not hired more? Would he have turned things around? Because like Kai said, I mean, this is a guy in Elton that shepherded a team – that was a sniff away from the NBA Finals. I mean, you have mm-hmm. to give him some credit for that, even if Philadelphia won't. And I know that Kai was also talking about the player relationships, as you mentioned. I know you talked about that a little bit, but it, it does matter. And especially from somebody that played in the NBA at a high level. Like, I, I wonder how much that matters when Mike Ganzi, former D1 player, former good D1 player, undrafted NBA player got hurt with Miami and so never even really got to the regular season but stayed in the NBA somehow some way forever how much does it matter that Mike Ganzi was it number one overall pick baller all-star Elton Brand at that top you know we can go to Michael Jordan like I, Michael well, Mitch Jordan, Kupchak. I mean, yeah, Kupchak was a good Kupchak. player in his own right. I mean, right. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's different levels to this. But no one and, viewed him that way. You know, yeah. you're going to view Langdon, you know, his fellow, his players will view Langdon as like in a way that I don't think they would Kupchak because Kupchak played in such a different era. That's right. That's right. So we'll, we'll see who, who it ends up being. I, I do have, I wonder just how long this is going to take, like what the rules even are for, because you're going after player or you're going after people that currently have a position i mean it's not even that some of these guys are just out there on the open market and so there has to be rules to this i i I guess i don't know the rules of hiring some people that are currently acting as sitting general manager or sitting assistant gm but i you you are right doug when you talked about you have to feel like these guys with a plan and plotkin and schnall 
would have somebody made up by now or their mind yeah. made up already and they you know that maybe they just can't hire that guy yeah, but I mean, to me, this is the off season for general managers, right? You're post deadline, right. you're scouting for the draft, but you're not quite in like ramp it all up mode. So like, you you really you don't want to hire a GM during the actual NBA off season because that's when that's when things are heating up. So this would, if there's going to be a time to make a move, this would be the time. And it's not like a coach or anything like that where you're going, well, that's a playoff team. They can't they can't like lose their coach right before they go to the playoffs. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. if the GM moves on. And a lot of these guys too are not EVPs of basketball operations. They're not even the head guy that they're looking at. So it would not be, you know, I think a, a, a enormous loss for for the team that they're taking them from. All right, let's go to ticket price conversation here, Doug, because Gabe Plotkin, Rick Schnall, they completed a series of meetings with ticket holders who will be affected by upcoming renovations at Spectrum Center. And so attendees, including holder included, holders of 920 seats, whose ticket prices will go up by an average of nearly 80% next season with either improvements to existing private club access, all-inclusive food, soda, beer, wine, and parking, or as part of their seats now being included in the club and all-inclusive seating areas for the first time. And so completing that series of meetings, it leaves some fans, I would imagine, not exactly thrilled that they're going to be paying 80% more, even if you have better amenities that are coming with those prices. Doug, what do you have to say about Gabe Plotkin, Rick Schnall, who are trying to put their fingerprints all over this organization in a positive way? Renovations to Spectrum Center, even a positive way towards the Encore product, but they're also asking you to pay for it just a little bit. It sounds like they're trying to put their fingerprints on your wallet, taking your money. Uh, here's what I think about this. Um, the timing is terrible. This is a shame. Like, you know, the, the Hornets have not made the playoffs since 2016. They haven't won a playoff series since 2002. Uh, they, they've been bad for, for a couple of seasons now. Not a lot to watch. And so you're going to the people that are your – generally, you know, other than sort of the brokers who just buy tickets to sell them, although I don't know why anyone in their right mind would do that for the Charlotte Hornets – but you're going to your most dedicated fans and saying, we need you to pay more now um, to subsidize everything else that we're doing in terms of, and they're selling it as, oh, we're upgrading. And one of the more absurd sales I saw, and this was sent to me from uh, someone that reads every Hornets box score. And they have, uh, they have one of the sections that's closer to the court. And the, the sell was, hey, we're adding more seats. And it's like, well, that doesn't benefit me, right? You adding more seats, it's a math. But in that respect, it's a math equation, right? You add, if you double the number of seats that are closer to the court, all you have to do is keep half of the people that were there to begin with, and you're still fine. You could lose 50% of the people that were already paying, and you'll still come out even. And if you get one more to buy one of the new seats, then you'll come out ahead. Here's the thing. Th this is a reality of a team whose valuation skyrocketed when Michael Jordan sold the team, okay? You've got a group of people that had to come in, and none of them, as far as I know, are billionaires with a B. They might be multimillionaires yeah. with two Ms, but none of these guys are Ishbia or these sort of top-class, you know, Fortune 500 billionaire-type Scrooge McDucks diving through the, the money pit. These are guys that kind of had to scrap together the means to buy this team, and now you're seeing where the scrapping is happening. They're going to go and try to say, all right, how do we pay for X, Y, and Z? 
uh, when when it comes to all of this. And so I think this is not entirely unexpected. This is not surprising. They want to build a practice facility. All the stuff about the arena that was already baked in. And I think the city yeah. is paying for a lot of that as part of the like a lease agreement. Through so none tourist, of that as a sales pitch th- makes any sense to me. Yeah, and it's through their tourist funds, I think. That's where it's coming from mostly as far as what the city is paying for. So you're for. getting double so, taxed. So that's what I'm saying. Like as a yep. fan, if you live in Charlotte and you pay for season tickets, you're getting double taxed, but they want to pay for, you well, know, think- a practice <laughs> facility or whatever. Right, and, and maybe I need to do more on this. I, I I think it's more so tourist funds like hotels. I think that's right more so than the actual citizens of Charlotte having to pay okay, for this. Okay, here, but here's the thing: money that goes into a pot can be yes. used for a variety no, of right. things. It could be used for more tourism, or it could right. be used for schools, or it could be used for infrastructure. Roads. So right, you're getting like do, you're get you might not money might not be coming out of your pocket, but money that could be used to fund things that you need to live are being taken and moved. And listen, we've already had that discussion. That money has already been distributed. There's no reason to argue about that anymore. But you don't use that as a sales pitch. That's not a sales pitch to take more of my money, is what I'm saying. Oh, no, it's it's absolutely not. I just wanted to make sure like that's what the people knew about. But yes, you're right. It could be. It's, it's the whole David Tepper asking for money to pay for a new stadium, getting rid of Bank of America Stadium. It's here we are saying, well, he's like, I could pay for a third. PSL owners could pay for a third. And then here we are paying taxes for a new stadium that David Tepper could pay for when in reality we could be using that money for infrastructure, you know, education, anything like that, as you just mentioned. That's totally true. It's just it's a little bit of a different level talking about about renovations compared to a new football stadium and so still it's in the same neighborhood last thing i did want to tell you a little bit more of the information because according to eric spanberg of the charlotte business journal does a great job he said a small number of tickets in the lower level that were previously excluded from private club membership and other amenities 38 seats in the first two rows of the baseline will have to pay a whopping 225 percent 225 percent more to retain their seeds and the team confirmed- how much of a sicko are you that's the question that they're this asking 225 percent is saying how sick are you hospital sick or are you just <coughs> i'm staying home from work sick the team confirmed those changes to charlotte business journal as well as an overall average price hike of 15 percent for all season ticket buyers last thing it's exactly the point i wanted to hit on so They're banking on people that already own those seats. And the Hornets have been bad since, I don't know, the inception of the second iteration. So if you are there, having already understood the history of what this team is, with Plotkin and Schnall wanting this to not be there anymore, they're like, hey, you've already paid for it when it was a bad product. We're not going to be bad. We're going to be good. It's me and... Rich, rich snob handling business. So go ahead and give me more money because you're going to be able to come out on the other side of this and you're still going to pay for the money for a good product. And we know about the Hornets fans. They show up for a good product. They've shown up at times for bad products. So if there is a good one, then you know the Hornets are going to be there cheering. Hornets fans are going to be cheering. Let's go Hornets. Well, you just hit on something. You said that that Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin are basically saying, hey, we're going to be good, but that's not a given. It's not. It is but not. But I would say, but I would say this hike, they better retool. They better not go through a rebuild where you're going to be bad, bad for like four or five years. Because how sustainable could that be if you're asking people to pay that much more and locking that in, not for just the the people that have been there before, but the people that will come next. 
how can you expect them to sustain that kind Mm -hmm. of investment through bad basketball? I think it signals to me that this organization actually is going to retool and try to get this team into contention sooner rather than later. Short term, I think this can have some negative effects. If people do walk away, that just that's going to mean more away fans. That's going to mean less of a great home experience uh, than we've already seen, which has not been very good. Um, it means the resale market is only look. If tickets go up, if even if you retain those tickets and you try to sell the Warriors game or the Lakers game, um, it, it just means that the one person that has that is a Lakers fan that has disposable income, they're going to be the ones that can afford to go to that game, not the people. Um, that that are actual fans of this team. So some short-term effects there. One final thing for me, a little nugget in this Spanberg article uh, that I hadn't seen previously reported is that Michael Jordan retained a 5% share of the Hornets. So that's the percentage there that's being reported, 5%. Not a lot. Not much. Not much at all. In fact, it feels like we would have guessed the over on that, right? Oh, for sure. If it was was at 5.5%, we would have said, oh, we'll take the easy over. And here it is only at 5%. I mean, that goes to show you, like he just wanted just a tiny bit of that passive income. And he didn't, I, who knows? Well, it's how an much econ play, right? It's a money play. That 5% oh, yeah. is a money yeah, 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 play. Yeah. 5% is not, I want to be, you right. know, making decisions or having say, I mean, he might get to hang around, you know, in certain circles or, or be invited to certain things, but like, I mean, that to me, like that's this is Schnall and Plotkin's game if it's only five percent. That's the point. That's the point. All right, pay a lot more money. We promise we're not going <laughs> to hike up prices on you. We're, we're not going to do that for you. We're we're still free we're anywhere free. you get your podcast. We're still free if you want to check us out on YouTube. Free baby. You just got to watch a few ads every now and then, but you don't have to pay a thing. Don't don't think about it. Don't mm, go. Maybe don't, we should raise our prices. Maybe I'll go, okay, here's what I'll do. Here's what I'll do. I will um, get a nice haircut. I will uh, invest in some suits. So you'll your eyes if you watch on YouTube, your eyes uh, will be pleased a little bit more. Uh, maybe if I don't wear the suit, they'll be pleased a little bit more. Maybe so well, I'm, I'm going to think about this. I'm going to race. I think we should raise the prices a little bit. All right. Doug just talked himself into wearing a suit. It's just his birthday suit for you guys on YouTube. So hopefully we don't see him wear that whatsoever. In fact, I would pay more for you to wear exactly what you're wearing right now. <laughs> I would do that as your co-host. I would contribute. If you do want to pay just a little bit, then you can subscribe to Doug Branson's subtext. You can find that information on his sub stack, everyhornetsboxscore.com for more of his sniffing glue, depraved Hornets thoughts. And you can listen to me, Walker Mail, on WFNZ every weekday, also free from 12 to 3 p.m., 92.7 FM. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.